Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world, welcome back to another episode of 99 Pod. It's not 1999 anymore, and believe it's not. So won't y'all make yourself feel comfortable, like and subscribe to the channel to get the notifications that we have coming your way, because we have a lot of content coming your way, man. I mean, the sports calendar is no dead period, as I was just explaining to my co-hosts in the building, you know, so I'm looking forward to delivering content on a weekly basis so make sure you like and subscribe so you can get all the notifications that we have coming your way man on a tuesday right on a tuesday we are here recording this show and i'm not gonna lie you know i was actually going to go to the movies you know and i said to myself do i really want to go to the movies and spend money or i could do something that i love to do for free i mean listen this became a no-brainer I was going to be here right now, and I am. So won't y'all buckle up? The show starts now. Well, all right, I'm going to pass over the mic to my co-host, Zach, who's in the building. Zach, how you feeling? What's going on? Well, doing well, my guy. Happy to be here, as always. And I wanted to say thank you for canceling your plans going to the movies and hanging out with me here today on Not Nine, uh, the Not 99 Pod. It's crazy, man. I haven't been to the movies in a minute. Um, Actually, no, that's not true. I, I did see Cocaine Bear a few months ago. It was pretty good, you know, just a wild movie. But you already know how it is. I'm happy to be here. A great time in the sports calendar and, uh, you know, the NBA draft coming up this week, it's one of my favorite events of the year as someone who's a big college basketball fan, as someone who has watched a lot of these prospects over the course of the last few months. I'm really looking forward to it, looking forward to breaking it all down with you today. And uh, it's just a great time, even though the NBA season just ended. Of course, we're, we're there's always that initial shock, like the first week after the season ends, like, what are we going to do with our time now? But football season will be here before we know it. Looking forward to being here as always. Let's get it. Yeah, man. I mean, you mentioned some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. Obviously, the draft is in two days. So we got a special topic regulated for the NBA draft that we're going to touch on later on in the show. We also got our quarterback rankings that we are going to start to drop today. Okay, um, it's going down. You know, we do these lists every single year. So I'm looking forward to that as well. We also got some hot topics that we're going to get right into. Starting right now with our first hot topic that we have, the trade that took the league by storm in a way, news, you know, cycle by storm, should I say. But also, it was Father's Day on that Sunday. And, you know, sports, the NBA, they could never just allow family to just, you know, bond. They had to hit us with the news. So, Game question at the bottom. would have been Sunday, but, you know, we didn't get that. So, they decided to give us this. We'll take it. 
Yeah, we'll take it. You're right. Are the Suns closer to winning an NBA title after forming the super team that they just formed with the addition of Bradley Bill? Now, Zach, normally I like to ease my way into the flow of the show. You know that by now. But I feel like I do want to take this stab at this first, if you don't mind, because I was on the record very vocal about how I was not ready to write the super team obituary on this show. As you all know, Zach, I'm pretty sure you know, Zay has written the super teams off. He has that famous take for 99. The super team is dead. And I'm like, Zay, why did you say it? Why, why did you go ahead? Why can you just wait a minute to see everything play out? And sure enough, I was right. And the reason why I was right, it made sense. Number one, you have a lot of dynamic duos across the league. All it takes is for one trade to make a dynamic duo, a dynamic trio, and ultimately a super team. That's all it takes. The NBA, unlike any other sport that we see, it's a lot of player movement. Players get unhappy. They request trades. So all we was was literally one trade away from being back to where we were as far as having a super team on file. And here we are. Now, to answer the question outright and directly, no, they are not closer to winning an NBA title. Okay, their best opportunity was 2021 when they got there. Right. And they had the opportunity to win. And, you know, they was up 2-0. The Bucks went on to win that series, you know, general sweep, if you want to put it like that. But the thing that I hate about this, right, Zach, is not that, you know, oh, it's a super team. They're going to be unbeatable. It's nothing to do with that. It's nothing to do with how I feel about this roster. This roster is trash. you got a bunch of shooters that can punish you from the mid-range. I get it. But you have no depth. You have no bench. Okay, so this roster is garbage. I don't consider them to even be a contender. Hot take, hot take. Yes, I said it. Okay, and I'll explain that further in my second laps. The problem that I have is that we just saw the finals. We saw the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets lay a blueprint of homegrown talent and development. And you would think that will trickle down around the league in a way to say, you know what? We don't have to adopt this format of building a super team, especially when you saw how Brooklyn ended especially when you saw how the Lakers try to do the same thing by adding Russell Westbrook, almost tore their roster to shreds. And you see the Nuggets, you know, after six or seven years of that core being together, finally getting over the hump by adding some, you know, Swiss Army Knights like Bruce Brown and some, you know, former number one overall picks that still needed that extra push in Aaron Gordon, right? And or top, top pick, right? One, two, I forgot where he made, but I know he's a top pick. But you get the point. And the argument could be, you didn't learn? And um, here we are, you know? And guess what, Zach? This is not going to be the only super team. We will see more super teams. We are in the era of covetness here in society. So we're going to see more super teams. So, Zach, I'm going to leave this at, you know, for you to respond to. Me personally, right now answering this question, no. What they should have done, and I said this before, is give Mikel Bridges more offensive opportunities. That should have been something that Monty Williams did, okay? Because how the hell is Mikel Bridges a number one right now in Brooklyn? And he was on your roster. And you traded him and Cam Johnson and a couple picks for Kevin Durant. You should be embarrassed. This guy's a number one option in Brooklyn right now. So you mean to tell me he can't be a two option next to Devin Booker? No. 
that was when they were the closest to winning the championship. Now they're moving further and further away, and I'll leave us there with that, Zach. Yeah, so a lot of good points there. To start off, my first initial takeaway right off the bat when I saw the news about this trade was there aren't a lot of teams that are going to enter the NBA uh, next season with more pressure on them to win a championship than the Phoenix Suns because we know the amount of really good players that Kevin Durant has played with over the course of not only his career, but recently. We saw him with James Harden and Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. We saw him in Phoenix last year with Chris Paul, with DeAndre Ayton. Who knows if Ayton is going to be on this team for much longer, but I do agree with you. I do not think that the Phoenix Suns are any closer to winning an NBA title after this move, and I also agree. I think you made a good point. The closest they will be is that 2021 NBA Finals when they were up a two nothing on the Bucks and a lot of good points with the Nuggets and the Heat, both those teams making it to the NBA Finals. And the one thing that really stood out to me about both those teams and their roads and their journeys of getting to the NBA Finals was the fact that yeah, they had their stars right. Like on most nights, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, like all those guys gave you pretty solid, pretty consistent production throughout the playoffs, but. Just going back to the NBA Finals, like the main, not the main, but a big reason why the Nuggets were able to win that series was because of the number of different contributions they got from different guys. It was truly a team effort, whether it was Aaron Gordon one night, whether it was Bruce Brown making a bunch of big plays. Michael Porter Jr. didn't even really get going, and they still found a way to win. Christian Brown, he made some big plays as well. So Denver was really a team effort. They had so many contributions from so many different guys in order to win the NBA Finals. And the question I have for the Phoenix Suns is if you replace Bradley Beal, I know Chris Paul got hurt in that Nuggets series, but if you put Bradley Beal on the Suns in that second round series against Denver, like I still think Denver is winning that series pretty confidently. I think Phoenix was pretty fortunate to even get that series to six games considering it took uh, what, an 85-plus point game from Booker and Durant in Game 4, I believe, to get that series uh, to extend it. So I do not love this move for Phoenix. I understand you look at it from a far side. You're like, oh, they only had to give up an expiring contract in Chris Paul plus uh, Landry Shaman and a handful of second-round picks like for a good player like Bradley Beal. You're going to do that every time, but there's a reason why Bradley Beal's value was that low. It's because he had arguably the worst contract in the NBA. And we'll get into this later. Like, I know this isn't directly to do with the question, but like, why is Bradley Beal the only player in the NBA with a no trade clause? Like, why did the Wizards do that? Like, would the Wizards be in a better position right now after this trade if they just moved on from Bradley Beal in free agency and let him walk two years ago? Because I think you could definitely make the argument that they would be in a much better spot if they did that. And they're probably going to enter this season with plans of tanking, and they might just be the worst team in the NBA next season. But a couple other quick points I wanted to hit on off the bat, along with uh, what we saw from Denver and Miami in the NBA Finals. I understand why a lot of Suns fans were okay with them doing this deal. All they had to give up really was Chris Paul. And I understand Chris Paul, he's getting older. Uh, he got hurt in the playoffs. Again, that's a common theme with him. But I would like to remind some people, like, do we forget what the Phoenix Suns were before Chris Paul came into the equation? They were missing playoffs for about a decade before he even got there. Like, this franchise was a joke. You, you guys remember when they were drafting Dragon Bender in the top five and Marquise Chris? Like, Robert Sarver, one of the worst owners in the league, was in charge of things. Like, this Suns team was really irrelevant, and that was with Devin Booker there 
prior to CP3 getting there. So I understand Chris Paul. He's never won a championship. He gets hurt in the playoffs a lot. Like, he's not the perfect player. I understand that. But this dude is still a winning player that some fans should be very thankful for, was able to get uh, to their franchise, get this team to the NBA Finals for the first time since 1993. Like, I feel like Chris Paul, a lot of the blame is going to be put on him. But at the end of the day, Suns fans should be thankful they had Chris Paul. And one other thing that really stands out to me, you mentioned uh, Mikel Bridges and the fact that he is no longer in a Suns uniform. The reason for that is the new Suns owner, Matt Ishbia. And of course, he is better than Robert Sarver. Robert Sarver was a joke. He was an embarrassment. But Matt Ishbia, he's out here playing NBA 2K on GM mode, trading Kevin Durant, uh, getting Kevin Durant, getting Bradley Beal. And his right-hand man, Isaiah Thomas, who every time you turn around, uh, Matt Ishbia, we all remember in the playoffs, he got into that little, I don't want to call it an altercation, but a little to do with Jokic when he had the ball. You see Isaiah Thomas, he's the one standing right next to him. And I got to be honest, if I was a Phoenix Sun fan, I'd be pretty nervous that Isaiah Thomas, a.k.a. the guy that ran the New York Knicks franchise into the ground and really set this franchise back for a pretty long time, the same guy that basically has gotten fired from every job in basketball he's ever had, whether it's a front office role, whether it's a TV broadcaster role, whether it's coaching Florida International University, this guy, I don't understand when teams are going to learn. Like, you do not want to hire this guy in any job. It's not going to end up well. But when, you have a new, when you're a new owner, when you're from the state of Michigan and you grew up watching the bad boy Detroit Pistons, I guess I understand why you'd be a big Isaiah Thomas fan. However, I wouldn't love that guy making the important decisions for my team. So I think mostly we're on the same page. I didn't love this deal from Phoenix. I don't necessarily think it brings them any closer to a championship, but I am curious. Their new big three is going to be making a combined $130 million just around there. Are there going to be any guys like a Bruce Brown, for example, he, I mean, he's not even a great example, but a guy to his caliber that says, oh, this team is close to winning a ring. I'm going to take less money to go play with them because that's really what they need. They need that Bruce Brown, good role player type, a guy that could play defense. That's another question I have with this team. Like in the playoffs, who is the primary defender on this team? Who is guarding the other team's best player with the ball? So there are a lot of flaws for me with this Phoenix Sun team. I'm curious to see how the rest of their offseason works out. But I think for the most part, we were pretty much on the same page here. Yeah, salute to my guy, Ryan Jones, in the building. You know, um, at least watching the show. Salute to my guy. Um, a lot of good points. A lot of points that I was going to bring up in my second lap. So I'm just going to expand those, you know, opinions that you brought to the table. Starting with the role players, right, around this team. I'm looking at this roster. I don't see a P.J. Tucker here. I don't see an Aaron Gordon here. I don't see a Bruce Brown here. Out of curiosity, how, those guys. how many players do you see, period? Like six, seven? Yo, you see a bunch of... You you potentially could see a tryout. I mean, you got a lot of guys out here playing in the Brooklyn Park. You may have to take your scouting team over there because I don't really see a lot of depth here or guys that I even know, okay? Number two, you need that gritty guy. You need that gritty guy that's going to bring it defensively. And if the game requires him to go off offensively because maybe it's an emergency, one of these guys, that's another thing that nobody mentioned here is the injury history with these three guys here, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and I'm Bradley Bill. They missed a lot of games. So you need that gritty guy that's not only going to give you something defensively, but maybe in relief, he can give you something offensively. Sort of like what Aaron Gordon had to do when Jokic was taken out of the game plan. 
from a scoring perspective or from a playmaker's perspective. He had to go and he had to have a good game. I think he had like one game where he scored over like 20 points. He had to do it. So I don't see none of those guys over here. Another thing that I want to expand on is the CP3 situation. Now, Ryan, I, I get it. You know, we all got love for CP3. It's business. I understand that, right? I always hear that term. It's not personal, just business. But my God, can this guy get a phone call that he's about to get traded after what he did for this franchise? We're not just about to act like the Suns were this team that was great, you know, um, outside of the Steve Nash years. I'm talking about recently, right before the pandemic. We're not going to act like we know what this team was about. We didn't. We forgot all about this team. It was never on prime time. Nobody cared. Right? Devin Booker had like almost 100 points in one game. Nobody cared. But CP3 and Jay Crowder, they bought, you know, valuable playoff experience to this team. And that first year, they go over there, they make the finals. I can understand y'all make the argument, oh, there was talent here. Devin Booker's here. Right? All right, fine. A leap is expected. But not a finals appearance. That shocked the hell out of me. They had a good year. And the fact that the, the Suns are not treating their players with respect, you saw what they did to Monty Williams. He got fired for what? Right? Jay Crowder, you saw what happened with him in that organization. Right? We see A-10 and Monty Williams fighting. Now we see Chris Paul finding out, you know, at a 50,000, you know, um, I want to say altitude or something like that, 50,000 miles in the air that he's getting traded. He found out from his son. You don't even have the decency to let him know, like, yo, we about to trade you to this team. It's ridiculous. So I say that to say I want to turn my attention to the Washington Wizards, right? I think I already got my point across about the Suns. I'm not sipping that Kool-Aid, okay? Um, it's really dark over here. It's nothing sunny about what they got going on. I want to focus on the Wizards right now. Absolutely pitiful. Absolutely pitiful. They ought to be ashamed of themselves. If you're a Washington Wizards fan right now, honestly, you should probably look around the league and see which team you should start jacking because it can't be the same. But the Knicks, if this happened to my Knicks, I swear to God, I'm not a Knicks fan no more. <laughs> Literally, they botched this whole Bradley Bill experiment. It's not even funny. First of all, they should have traded him two years ago when he still had something left, right, in the prime of his career at least to get some value back. Way more value than what they got. And on top of that, they gave him that no trade clause. Stupid move right there. Now he could dictate where he wants to go. And now you shorted yourself with the package. You took the worst possible package that was out there. Literally. I mean, the Suns, they want to get rid of CP3. So they they put him in the package. They didn't need um sham it, damn it. They didn't want him, right? So they put him in the package. All right, cool. Robbery in broad daylight. It's we, almost like going. We don't think Chris Paul's ever playing for the Wizards, right? Like he, he's just going to go. Nah, and he's not even playing, right? And you don't even get a first round pick on top of that. It's like a, a, a robber, right? A thief going up to the block and he's trying to rob somebody. And the person that he's trying to rob is like, wait, hold up. You don't got to rob me. I'll give you the chain. I'll give you the, the money. Here you go. Merry Christmas. The bank robber going to be like, oh, shoot, this was the easiest robbery of my life. You're going to call his boy. Yo, guess what? I robbed somebody, and he let me do it. That's what it was. And this is why I'm not jacking the NBA here on the show like that. I'm looking forward to the NFL because I hate to see stuff like that. Kevin Durant 
played in as much super teams as anybody here. OKC, the Warriors. How do you even look yourself in the mirror? Honestly, we need to forget about Kevin Durant. We need to wipe his legacy completely off the grid. Somebody say Kevin Durant, I don't know him at all. Because this is ridiculous right here. But here we are. And Zay, I know you're watching the show or going to watch this show at some point, my brother. I can't wait to get you back on. But guess what? I told you so. I do think the thing that's a little underrated about the super team era is unless you have LeBron James on your team, like you're not winning it, which is interesting. Like the Warriors, they won a championship before they added Kevin Durant with all drafted guys. So I don't really know if you could even count them. And then the Lakers, they put the super team together. They were able to win the title, but we just saw it with Brooklyn. If you don't have LeBron James, odds are if you're trying to create a super team, it's not going to end up well. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the Wizards and this decision, right? Like, Leading into the deal, like the last few days prior to it, everything I was hearing was, oh, the market for Bradley Beal, it's not really as active as everyone expected. His contract is so bad that, like, there were even talks to the Miami Heat. That was the other team involved. They, they were talks they wouldn't even have to give up Tyler Hero in a deal for him. So that's how bad this Bradley Beal contract was. I don't necessarily think anyone was really expecting for the uh, for the package they got back to be as bad as it was, but this is just a, a, a lesson for a lot of these other teams in the NBA, unless you're forced to keep a superstar, right? Like there, there've been plenty of, of situations and I'm, I'm trying to think of one that comes to mind right away. Like when you're a team competing for a championship and you have a very valuable part of that team, that's about to hit free agency. And you know, if we lose this guy for absolutely nothing, we know the NBA is about assets. Like it's honestly, I'm going to bring this up. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's almost like Philadelphia with James Harden right now. You could say anything you want about James Harden and his playoff failures of the past, but the one thing you could agree on is if you're Philadelphia, it's not ideal to lose this guy for nothing when you're competing for a championship. If you're going to get rid of him, you should at least sign, try to sign and trade him and get something back from the Houston Rockets for him. But the Washington Wizards two years ago with Bradley Beal, they were not even close to championship contention and they were not forced to sign them. Like if they would have just let him walk, like, yeah, it's not ideal, but at least you could just rebuild and reset like you're about to right now. But instead they decided to give him just a crazy contract for a crazy amount of money and the no trade clause. I understand loyalty is one thing, but like this deal just put the Wizards into irrelevance and it really is going to set their franchise back for a really long time. So I understand why everyone was very underwhelmed by the package, but it's just a lesson. Like you can't be making these mistakes when you're nowhere close to championship contention like that Wizards team was. Absolutely. And my last point on this is defeating some of the narratives out there. You know, the narratives that the organization don't do right by the player. I mean, if you want an example of selling your soul to a player, I mean, there's a lot of examples of that, first of all. Right. We talked about Brooklyn, right? And Kevin Durant and, and that experiment over there, that big three experiment. He got they got Kevin Durant, everything he asked for. That was selling they sold to that player, right? You talk about this situation here with the Wizards, giving him a no trade clause, right? Letting him dictate where he wanted to go, when he wanted to go, and what package you was going to get for him. Or lack thereof. This is not even a package, my guy. This is not even a package, first of all, that they got. So it just goes to show you that, you know, there are some organizations that give all leverage to players. So when we sit here and we come at these low market organizations for not doing right by the player,
because sometimes there is an unfair narrative, right? Oh, the Portland is, is, is not doing right by Dame. Zay said that before. And Zay, I know it may seem like I'm coming after you, boy. You know you're my guy and all that, right? We butt heads a lot when it comes to sports. It is what it is, but you're my guy at the end of the night. But he came out and he said that Portland is not doing right by Dame. And I'm going to talk about Dame further, you know, on this NBA draft topic, you know, that we have coming up. Really? They gave him a super max. That's not doing right by this guy? When they could trade him right now. They want to be loyal to him and he wants to be loyal to them. So they're doing right by Dame. All right, let's let's stop that narrative. There are some organizations that are doing right by the player. And even though Bradley Bill just got traded, he got the leverage to say, this is where I want to go. It is what it is. One last point I'll make on this before we move on. I did find it interesting that Bradley Beal, right? Like the thing that I think is so unique about him is he is a guy that was drafted in the top five of the NBA draft. So he's been on our radar for a pretty long time. He's been in the league for over a decade now, and he's played in some playoff series. Like with John Wall, they had a, a pretty good run, but we've known who Bradley is uh, for a really long time. And we know how good of a player he's been since he's gotten to the league, but there has never really been an exorbitant amount of pressure on him. Right. And I was wondering, let's say he got dealt to Miami instead of Phoenix. The thing that intrigued me about that fit was the fact that Miami's two superstars in Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, you can really make the argument they're defensively oriented. Like their game starts with their defense and playing top notch. And we saw in the finals, the Heat, they were just lacking that high quality offense. And I thought Bradley Beal as their, not their go-to scorer, but a guy that really could get the majority of the shots would be pretty nice there. But I do find it interesting, Bradley Beal, with the no trade clause, as you mentioned, he had the power to veto any trade. He could have basically decided wherever he wanted to go. He decided to be the third option in Phoenix, where we know all the pressure is going to be on Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. If Bradley Beal even has a bad game, there isn't going to be that much blowback. Like All the focus is going to be on Booker and Durant. He chooses that instead of going to Miami, where he really would be relied upon, as, as you can make the argument, as the primary scorer on that team the guy that they're relying on to provide uh, the offense and really it makes sense at the end of the day when Bradley Beal has been in basketball irrelevance for the past five years and one last point I, I do find it a little bizarre that uh his agent is the dad of the new son CEO like that that was re really uh interesting in my in all this I don't really know how that's possible but uh, I guess at the end of the day when you connect all the dots this deal makes sense yeah I mean, look, if he was to go to Miami, you could make the argument, you know, because I kind of saw where he was trying to go there. I don't know if you lost out of, you know, I thought it was going to be a question in a way. But if he went over there, you know, you have defensive guys over there. So, you know, it wouldn't have been such harder for him to kind of go back in the hands of time because at one point he was known as that two-way star that could lock you up defensively and score, right? Obviously, he lost that over the years because, you know, he just content with, picking up a check and, and just scoring and, and being the number one option and going home. So Miami, he would have had to, you know, go all the way back in time. It would have been more easier for him to, you know, get a couple stops because it's going to be required of him to defend on that team being coached by Eric Spolcher. So I don't think it would have hurt him as much as when you look at the Suns, where there's not a lot of defense on this team. There's Suns deficiencies were depth and defense and, Who's going to be defending on this team? It looks like everybody's just going to try to score the basketball. I want to see who's going to play defense. We know Kevin Durant at times. He could play defense. I saw him lock down guys, right? And I guess you can say from a flip perspective, right? And the only thing I can say of positive substance here 
is that at least Kevin Durant ha don't have to face the double teams, right? Because we saw what happened when he played the Celtics and it got swept. When they was throwing the bodies at him, they was blitzing him. They were sending traps at him and he, he couldn't do nothing, right? So he don't have to worry about that here because you got Bradley Bill and Devin Booker, but that's not the only thing that you need. You need depth. You need other guys that can score and um defend. You need defense. You need all those intangible things. We see what it takes to win a championship. Every run, this uh, unsung hero in every single run of a championship-level team. For the Nuggets, you can make the argument it was Aaron Gordon, right? Last year, Andrew Wiggins. The year before that, Drew Holiday. The year before that, KCP, right? Because he was making them shots in the bubble. There's always an unsung hero. Who is going to be that unsung hero for the Suns? We'll see. Yeah, and, and the thing about the Nuggets, too, like you said Gordon, but, like, it was him and a bunch of other guys. Yeah, it was. It was. I had to figure him out. But it was Bruce Brown. Yeah. It was Brown. Everyone. Yep. So I, I do think that's interesting. I, I, I agree. I think it would have been a much better, more natural fit uh, with Miami. But I have heard people say, like, oh, the the Bucks they were one piece away and, and they were missing Drew Holiday and, and they went and got him you know Aaron Gordon a former top five pick that was kind of in basketball irrelevance in Orlando the Nuggets get him and it turns into a championship like I I agree you cannot put Phoenix into that same category considering we just saw what their weaknesses are in the playoffs and it's still not going to be fixed and they downgraded in my opinion as a coach so this Suns team it's gonna be interesting to see if they can get back to the finals but right now we're on the same page. We wouldn't put this team anywhere near the favorites in the West heading into next season. Please like and subscribe for all the up-to-date content. We're, we've been slinging shows left and right, slinging content left and right. Please don't miss anything. If you do, like, subscribe, leave a comment, or leave a question, something you may want to answer, something you may have. It's, all ideas are great ideas. Nothing's a dumb question.